This episode of Voices in My Head is brought to you by Podbean. With Podbean, you can create professional podcasts in minutes without any programming knowledge. Best of all, everything is mobile-ready right from the start. Visit podbean.com voices to find out more. That's podbean.com voices. Welcome to Voices in My Head, the official podcast of me, Rick Lee James. I'm a recording artist, a singer, a songwriter, an author, a worship leader, and an ordained minister in the Church of the Nazarene. The Voices in My Head podcast is where I discuss music, movies, books, pop culture, theology, and more with friends, colleagues, and sometimes just by myself. Now make sure to let me know what you think of today's episode by leaving me a review on iTunes, or by tweeting at me, at Rick Lee James on Twitter, And please join my mailing list at rickleejames.com where you can receive an email every time a new episode is released. And by the way, in case you're interested in a daily dose of kindness and encouragement beyond this podcast, I also run the Twitter account at MrRogersSay where I post daily quotes from Fred Rogers, one of the voices in my head. Well, I guess that's it for the intro, so sit back, relax, and listen to the latest episode of Voices in My Head. Welcome back to Voices in My Head. As always, I am your host, Rick Lee James, and this is a very special week this week. Why, you may be asking, because today is our 300th episode celebration. Yes, 300 episodes of the Voices in My Head podcast. I know you can't believe it, and I can hardly believe it myself, but here we are. I wonder if any of you out there have actually listened to all 300 episodes. Probably not, but if you have, congratulations, and we're glad to have you on board. I am so glad to have a friend here this week who is one of the reasons that I actually started this podcast back in the day. Matt Anderson is my guest today. Matt and his guest host, Ben, run the Sci-Fi Christian Podcast, which I listen to, I, I guess I could say religiously. I listen to it about every time they put an episode out. But Matt decided to come on the show tonight with me and have a discussion about the 300th podcast and some different things that we've done over the years, some things that we have coming up down the road, not only with the podcast, but also with my new album, Thunder. And I am just so glad to have Matt Anderson from the Sci-Fi Christian podcast on the show today. Matt, welcome to Voices in My Head. All right, Rick. Thanks for having me. And hello, listeners. How are you today? Well, I guess I can't answer, but hello. <laughs> they're That's furiously they're this furious, is, like okay. typing into their, their uh, phones right now, trying to respond, but they can't. So. so I don't know if you remember this or not, Rick, but this is actually the second time I've been able to... Well, I, I've been on your show before, of course, multiple times, but... Uh, actually hosting and being able to ask you questions because the listeners may not know, but I'm going to be asking you the questions tonight. And uh, yeah, we've done this before. Do you remember which episode number it was for? Gosh, I'm trying to remember what episode that would have been. Um, I, I it, wish it was, I could. Was it was it like a significant one, like 100 or 200? I, I really can't remember. Not exactly. So it was five years ago, back in February 2013. It was episode 60, and you had me come on, and uh, I was able to interview you, and we were able to talk about uh, basement psalms live oh wow back all the way at basement psalms wow that's yeah. been a few albums ago now <laughs> it's kind of crazy i think that we've known each other that long actually i know i know five years well, it's probably more than that then if i if i was on your show in february 2013 we must have known each other 2012 2011 we must have before then but i remember before i started my podcast i i found you guys on the sci-fi christian and i was listening and i thought this is great i would just love to do something kind of like this and try to find my own voice and uh and i i always have loved the sci-fi christian and i just think there's so many great episodes and you guys uh, just cover so many different topics not always sci-fi usually is (laughs) but sometimes uh it's it varies into different things but it's always just so good and uh and so a lot of what i wanted to do was inspired by you guys so i am honored to have you on here uh as the host today uh and i'm gonna kind of turn over hosting duties to you but i did want to make a plug for your show because it's so good and i can't imagine anyone listening hasn't heard your show but if they haven't they need to check out the sci-fi christian podcast i appreciate you saying that i know that you're always really complimentary and uh i really appreciate uh, all your kind words over the years and saying that but you know I, I here's my opening question i've heard you say many times that the sci-fi christian was one of your inspirations for starting voices in my head but what are some other podcasts early on other than the sci-fi christian that spoke to you and 
and inspired you? Well, you know, there was a, a comedy podcast I really liked listening to for a while. It gets a little blue sometimes, but it was really sort of the idea of what I was wanting to go for with just having guests on. It's called Never Not Funny, hosted by Jimmy Pardo. And it was one of the first podcasts that I had heard that was sort of in just kind of a long form you know the the show didn't necessarily have a set time frame but they always had different guests every week and um, it was just so well produced and I I thought man this would be fun of course it was a comedy podcast which I love comedy but I'm not a comedy uh, I'm not a comedian I don't even know how to um, tell a good joke I always mess it up you know it would be like why did the chicken cross the road and then I would mess it up from there uh, <laughs> but that's one of the podcasts that I would listen to um, and I'm trying to think of some of the other ones back in the early days because I like comic books um, I know I listened to the Spider-Man Crawl Space podcast and uh, Superman homepage has had a number of different podcasts over the years I think it used to just be called the the Superman homepage podcast uh, and of course, I've always liked uh, Fresh Air, which is a, an NPR. Um, it's not really a podcast, but it's a radio show that now uh, airs in podcast form. And a lot of the public radio shows I really have enjoyed over the years. And so I guess probably those would be some of my early ones. Okay. Now, over the years, so you've been doing this since uh, late 20, or 2012, correct? I think that's right. Yeah, I think that's right. So you've had... Lots and lots of guests, uh, lots and lots of memories. I think it's kind of fun just to start early on in this conversation to maybe uh, for you to share with your listeners, what are some of your uh, favorite memories, favorite moments from these 300 episodes? Man, there have been a now, lot. I'm going to lead up to favorite guests, so get ready to answer that as well. But let's start with moments or memories. Okay, favorite moments on the show. Um, there have been a couple. One that always comes to my mind is uh, when I had Stephen Tobolowski on the show. I guess this would get into guests just a little bit. Um, but Stephen Tobolowski is a, an actor that has been in hundreds of films, I think, now, and TV shows, and he's just sort of a character actor. Uh, he was in the movie Groundhog, Groundhog Day, and he played Ned Ryerson, and uh, he came on the show. And what was really interesting and, and became like a really cool moment for me is he's Jewish and he wrote a book about kind of returning to his faith uh, after many years and it was just one of those episodes that it doesn't always happen um, but I really felt like there was a moment in the show where at least on my end I just felt like the Holy Spirit was really moving in my heart and both of us were starting to get kind of teary as we were talking and we were sensing the idea of the goodness of God and just the the different ways that he calls us back um, to himself and so that's one of a few times on the show that I've really felt like like wow this is you know maybe not just a show maybe we are entering into the territory sometimes of spiritual formation you know and that that kind of thing really excites me when it happens on the podcast um another great time you know i've also had those moments uh with with people i, I can't hardly say the moment without the guests even though we're going to get talking about guests but um over the last year when andrew peterson came on again and um we just talked about his resurrection letters albums and again i just felt like there was some real genuine moments where you just felt like the lord kind of took over the direction of the show in the middle of the show and uh, kind of felt ourselves being carried along and um, and then there's been a couple times even with uh, with friends like John Wilkerson on the show uh, that I've also felt very much that way and so for me my favorite moments have been um, when I really felt like uh, we were in tune to where God was leading us um, through the show so those are just some of my some of my favorite memories honestly or, or times like that that's what I always hope for and I go for when I do this show so we've mentioned that you and I have been friends for multiple years, but maybe the audience may not know we've never actually met in real life. So when we say friends, it's, you know, we've met through podcasting world and we start uh, talking online and, and then we just, you know, a relationship builds. So you've had guests that I would also call friends. Uh, you mentioned John Wilkerson, mm -hmm. uh, Michael Poteet, of course, my co-host, uh, Ben DeBono. Um, but if I if I can just uh, chime in here and, and name one of my favorite guests that you've had, besides my friends, of course. Uh, I really love it was a few years back now, but you were able to get uh, one of my favorite uh, praise and worship bands, All Sons and Daughter, All mm. Sons 
daughters on your show. And it, it kind of just, as I was thinking back, knowing that I'd be talking with you tonight and being able to ask you some questions, you've had, uh, you know, them, that you've had other, uh, well-known people. You've had, uh, an author I like, a professor, Dr. John Walton, uh, talking about, uh, a book that we also talked about on the Sci-Fi Christian, The Lost World Lost of World. Genesis. Uh, Genesis 1, I think it was. Uh, so the question I'm leaning up to here is, how do you get some of these bigger name people? You mentioned, uh, uh, multiple people here tonight, uh, that are not just friends of ours from, you know, podcasting communities, mm-hmm. but, uh, well-known people. So how do you go about booking these, uh, pretty great guests? Yeah. Well, you know what? It's been a lot of trial and error and, and trying to figure out ways to make contact with people over the years. It's gotten easier the more that I've done it because the show has gained more notoriety, thankfully. And I, I think I've gotten better as a host and the audio quality has gotten better. Uh, I look at some of those early days. I'm surprised anybody came on my show in the beginning <laughs> because I just didn't know what I was doing, you know, audio quality wise and then trying to bring in a call. Um, but I, I email a lot of people and I just kind of, uh, throw it out there and go, Hey, I I have this podcast and this is kind of who our listeners are. And I'm really interested in your book or your, uh, your album or this movie that you're in. And, uh, and I just, uh, try to keep reaching out and I keep trying and keep trying. And, uh, sometimes I have to go through, uh, management companies and sometimes they're very easy to work with and, uh, and are happy to do it because, uh, podcasts are a great way and an easy way, uh, to kind of get the message out because they can just throw a link up on their page. And so it kind of works both ways for them as well as it does for me trying to get guests on. Um, and then a lot of times, uh, some friends, uh, you know, or, or guests that I have on know other people, and then we get in touch. Uh, Michael Card is a good example of that. Uh, very early on, I had Michael Card on, and uh, he kind of name dropped a couple of his friends, and so I contacted those people online through their management companies, and and I said, hey, you know, Michael Card was on my show, and he said that you were his favorite you know, uh, female songwriter, or you were his favorite singer or something like that. And they usually write back and, and they're like, well, it's so great. You know? And I said, well, Hey, I'd love to have you on the show. So it's all to me, it's been relationships and just trying to form those relationships with people. Um, I've been amazed at the way that, um, if you take an interest in someone, uh, and what they're doing, and I really do like, I, I try to read every book you know, from every author I have on this show and listen to every album and watch every film and TV show that people are on just so I know when they come on. And and if you let them know that you really are uh, a fan of what they're doing, um, I think a lot of times they really do, you know, want to come on and talk about it. And so that's just, that's just been my thing. A lot of people, I don't know uh, how I've gotten some of the artists on that I've gotten. All Sons and Daughters was, was great. Um, you know, some of the, the actors, like the, the one that I mentioned, like Stephen Tobolowsky, that, that was um, a much smoother thing than I would have ever expected. It was almost a God thing. Um, you know, I, I just had on the last episode, Russ Taff, who, you know, is a six-time Grammy Award winner. And I, you know, I never would have thought like, wow, why would he be on my show? But it's kind of become a place that people like to come on, I think, and, and share about what they have going on. So, um I know that was a very long answer, and I apologize. I tend to do that. No, that's it, it was. Uh, it's it's been a lot of learning and a lot of trial and error, and a lot of making contacts with people and and becoming friends with people. So this might be a tough question. I know that uh, people are going to be hearing this. What your next answer? So it might be hard to pick just one. So I'll, I'll let you have a, a handful of uh, or however, however many you want. You can do multiple. But are you able to say after 300 episodes, favorite guests? Uh, you know what? Just just one favorite guest, or oh, that's what I'm saying. I don't want you to, because okay. I don't want you to feel like you have to just pick one after all this time. Yeah, uh, but well, do you have a, a couple, maybe one or two or three that uh, stick out without feeling like uh, you're leaving anyone out? Oh, certainly. And and again, I hesitate to say because I really have enjoyed almost every episode. There's been <laughs> there's been a couple that haven't been. Uh, what I would have planned uh, throughout 300 episodes. But, oh, wait a second. That, this might yeah. be good. You don't have to say the name, but can you, without being specific, what happened with the one that uh, didn't go how you wanted? Like, <laughs> would you consider it one that you don't actually like from the from the 300? There have been a couple, and I, I would never want to say their names because I think they were 
they were sweet people uh, but occasionally and this has been a very rare occasion and and sometimes I've even tried to edit the show to make it seem less so but there have been a couple of guests that whether it be for for language barriers or you know maybe English isn't their first language or something um, or just sometimes people are a lot better sort of on the page than they are in person <laughs> at times and I've had people before that uh, have you know I'll ask a question hoping that they'll kind of give a long answer and the answer just kind of comes out like yes you know oh, <laughs> it's yeah. just kind of yes or no type thing so that would be like the the, the worst kind of guest because uh, they're wonderful people but you you know on an audio show you want people that can talk a little bit yeah i totally um, get that okay so let's go back to positive uh yeah. well, give us some of your favorite guests that you've had over the years well my very favorite that comes to mind just from a standpoint of um, I just really came to love him as a friend and uh, it, and not only as the great theological influence that he has been on so many of us but Walter Brueggemann and uh, oh, yeah. I've, I've had him on a few times and, and we've become friends and um, you know every now and then we talk and and that was just such a joy that first time I didn't know what to expect because as you know you know you're in the theological world with studies you never know if you're uh, you're gonna get somebody who's a little bit cranky or <laughs> someone who's gonna be you know just uh, you know overly professorly like you know when you talk and you're not sure if you're gonna be able to kind of match wits with them but Walter Brueggemann has been such a gracious and kind and and just really a warm person who reminds me of Jesus and uh, just the fact that you know I can send him an email matter of fact just yesterday I think it was um, I was emailing him and asking him if he wanted to come on the show again and he said he'd really like to but he's having some health problems right now so that's sort of a prayer request too uh, in, in the midst he's getting up in years and um, but he has just been somebody who has so faithfully served the church and, and genuinely, like, the conversations we've had both on and off the show have just been some real highlights of my life, you know, and, and so I really appreciated Walter Brueggemann. Um, and Andrew Peterson uh, is always a delight to have on the show, and I, I've forgotten how many times Andrew has been kind enough to come on the show, but he has been a real uh, influence on me, uh, not only as a songwriter, but he's just such a great author and person and the way he carries himself as an artist um, has I think taught me a lot about uh, relationship and um, not not seeking to have sort of a um, sort of a rock style or, or a rock star personality but actually having someone that wants to build and form community with their art and uh, so that's a couple um, who else would I say um, let me think here and, and again I'm, I'm gonna leave out people um, I mean, honestly, I'm not just saying it because you guys are here, but times when you and Ben have come on have been great for me, just because I've uh, I've enjoyed your show so much and uh, the the uh, Superman symposium that we did oh, was yeah. a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, when you and I get together on the show, I think we usually have more fun episodes talking about Spider-Man, talking about Superman. But mm -hmm. you did early on uh, do one with Ben that uh, I really enjoyed where. Uh, my co-host Ben had been a Protestant pastor, and then uh, through study started to change his mindset theologically and converted to Catholicism. And yes. I think you did a two-part uh, with him, uh, two-part episode uh, yeah. where he talked about, you know, what that process was like. And I can't remember if it was that two-parter or a different time you got together where he also was able to uh, walk through some different misconceptions about Catholicism. And, yes. uh, man, I love that. So at, when it comes to my favorite episodes, I know it's weird because Ben DeBono is one of my best friends, but uh, I would say that's w one of my favorite set of episodes that you've done. Uh, but, yeah, you and Ben together, I think uh, you guys are a good team, uh, podcasting-wise. Yeah, well, you know, Ben is, as you know, because you're so close to him, but he's just brilliant, and he's always got good insights, and that was one of my favorite episodes, too, the, the Catholic questions uh, mm -hmm. answered, and I, I think that was great. It's been fun to follow his journey, and, and un unlike you, he and I have actually met and hung out a few times in Chicago. <laughs> okay. have, some... you, have you guys met multiple times or just once? 
Uh, it's been at least twice that okay. we did Chicago because because uh, we had he had that really funny sci-fi Christian story time about yep. the last time we were in Chicago. Yeah, C two E two, right? Uh, yes. Okay. And, and we, you know, my dream would be to get you guys out here for this concert I have in February. Just you oh, know, okay. take take a plane trip, you know, yeah. and then just come out and and you could do a a live podcast from the John Legend Theater when we do the album release party. But that would know, be awesome. That's a dreaming thing right now. But uh, anyway, um, I, I forget where we were going. You were asking about some of my favorite guests. Um, oh, yeah, so yeah, you're bringing up uh, Ben, and I mean, I know it's tough because you don't want to leave yeah. it. And we've got people listening who've been on your show. <laughs> so. Oh yeah, and uh, and they they just I mean I I really love the people that have come on here, and I it's it's hard for me to say, but uh, because I don't want to leave anybody out, and and yeah. uh, over 300 episodes, you just have so many. But you know certain highlights for me. I mean I've I've always loved having Brian Zahn on the show too. He's uh, got another new book coming out, and uh, it's 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 just been so great to. Um, have a way to talk to people that I admire and who have been shaping me, um, and, and sometimes people who I disagree with. Sometimes I have people on that um, I don't always uh, share uh, the same views that they have theologically, which I don't think you're, we have to, and that's fine. Um, but it's been good to have conversations uh, about things that even are um, maybe sometimes outside of my comfort zone, and we've had a few of those things. Um, we've had, I'll tell you two of my, my favorite moments on the show that don't have to do with like celebrities or, or musicians or artists or anything. Um, and people who have become dear friends of mine, um, I think it was episode 200, hundred episodes ago, uh, when I met at the local Jewish temple and, uh, temple Shalom. And we recorded a podcast there and I kind of almost like I did with Ben, um, uh, I was asking different questions about Judaism to the rabbi here in town, Rabbi Cosberg. And, uh, and that was a really great experience for me. I learned a lot. I'm still learning a lot from him. And then another one we did, um, with a, a couple of, uh, of Muslim ladies from our community. And we sort of did these question and answers about Islam and things that have a lot of misconceptions. And, um, and I just think that's so important, and it's been so fruitful for me. And and I didn't know they were going to do this. Again, this was a result of the podcast. But they, uh, these ladies, uh, who are a couple of pretty prominent um, Muslim uh, individuals here in town, they're a mother and daughter. They invited me to come to uh, Muslim or Islamic Day of Ohio, is what it's called. And I had no idea what to expect. And, uh, and their speaker that night when they invited me uh, was Todd Green, who I've also had on the podcast, who is a Christian theologian. And uh, he was there talking about um, Islamophobia. And, uh, and throughout the course of the evening, um, in this room full of people at Wittenberg University here in town, um, they started giving out awards to people in the community just for different service and things. And, uh, and I didn't get like an award, but they made mention of my podcast and they pointed me out in the midst of this assembly. And they said, we just want to thank, uh, Rick, Rick Lee James for his podcast voices in my head and giving us a chance to, uh, explain more deeply about our faith and, and to clear up misconceptions because the media is so bad about misrepresenting who we are. And we are just so grateful, um, for the fellowship we've shared. So, um, those things to me have been wonderful moments, uh, as a result of the podcast. And again, it doesn't have to do with celebrity, but it has to do with community right around us. And it's been a learning experience for me and uh, teaching me to let go of some of even my misconceptions and teaching me to learn new things. So th those are some, some moments that I think I will treasure the rest of my life that have come about because of this podcast. All right. I have a few more questions about the last 300 episodes, but before we do more of those, I want to take a, just a sidetrack and talk more about you as a person, Rick. So the reason I think that your uh, podcast has continued to get more and more successful is because people get to know you through your recordings and find out what a great guy you are. Uh, you know, your interests are interesting and you are able to uh, describe, um, you're able to really uh, get your thoughts out there in an accessible way for people. And uh, it's, you know, I wouldn't say controversial. Sometimes you talk about things that I think other Christian podcasts aren't talking about. So I appreciate that myself. Mm -hmm. But uh, so what I want to ask is just a few things about, yourself that i'm interested in right now <laughs> so sure, yeah. as we, uh 
let's see. I think I'll start with more of the sci-fi side since we mentioned that my podcast is called The Sci-Fi Christian. So uh, I know you love Superman. He's your number one hero. But you also really like Spider-Man, which is my number one hero. So mm-hmm. but we both agree they're both great. Talk about these heroes and how – I mean, first of all, how close is Spider-Man – you know, as a number, is he a number two for you? He, you know, Superman number one, Spider-Man number two. Um, well, first of all, thank you for your kind words. I really appreciate that. But uh, as far as Superman and Spider-Man go, I, let's put it this way: Spider-Man's my number one in the Marvel universe. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Superman probably be my number one in the in the DC. But boy, Batman's real close. I like them both. Uh, I mean, yeah. listening though, it feels to me like Superman's really your go-to. For example, I uh, you pre- let's see, when was it? Not that long ago, you had uh, an author that wrote a book many years ago called "The Gospel yes. According to Superman," and yes. uh, man, that was a great find. You just found that uh, at a used bookstore or something, or where did you, I can't remember. Where did you find this old book? It was something like that. I found this old book. Um, I may have come across it on eBay or something. I, okay. I don't remember exactly where I first saw it, but I saw it somewhere, and it was, you know, like a. Uh, it was almost so cheap I could, you know, it was almost ridiculous not to buy it, you know. Yeah, <laughs> see, I, I before you had the podcast episode, you had uh, posted a picture of it on Facebook, and mm-hmm. I was excited to see it. it. Looked pretty cool, but it's out of print now. But you were still able to go and find the author, track him down, and get him yeah. on the show. Awesome yeah. conversation, uh, but through you know an episode like that and an episode like uh, earlier this year when we celebrated Superman's 80th anniversary and you kind of talk through uh, just a small portion of his history. I mean, to me, it comes through clearly that he's your number one. I mean, would you say mm-hmm. that's true? Uh, probably anymore these days. He he probably seems to be, and especially since DC Comics has kind of rediscovered the treasure that he is and and in Rebirth have kind of been writing him the way he's supposed to be written uh, versus is trying to make him like a dark, you know, (laughs) character like he had been for years. I almost gave up on the comics uh, completely. Um, but yeah, probably he, I would say he is, uh, is probably my favorite in, in the comic book realm. And maybe it's because I root for the underdog sometimes um and you wouldn't think that with superman because he's so powerful but he seems to be one of those characters like he gets a lot of hate and so many people just don't like him <laughs> you yeah. know it's and, changed, uh, though. even just since i've been podcasting that was a uh, i think that that feeling has started to shift a little bit for superman yeah and uh and i think he's i just think there's some interesting parallels with him too it's it's hard for me to um uh, not like him because of the things I remember him for growing up, and you and o, you and I both grew up watching the Super Friends, mm-hmm. you know. And Superman was always sort of this this picture of goodness, and you know he was gonna do what was right, and he he kind of works best to me when when he's sort of like your dad, you know. <laughs> Whenever you're a kid, he's sort of like the uh, the age of when you're a kid that your dad would probably be, and mm-hmm. so he's sort of to me this shining example of like this is this is what you're supposed to be. Like like as a man you know you're supposed to be kind you may have all the power in the world but you hold back for the sake of others and and you don't hurt them and you do show kindness and um but you know it was interesting when uh and john galloway by the way is the guest that i sought out who wrote that book 40 years ago and he still had such a sharp mind and and uh, it was great having him on the podcast um he also you know helped me see some different things just about the myths that we have in society and the differences between Jesus and you know like he would say it's not a good equivalent to talk about like Jesus as a superhero type thing because um, whereas somebody like Superman comes in to save the day and set things back like they were Jesus comes in not to save the day but to disrupt things you know <laughs> and uh, and to sort of like like bring you a whole new set of problems you wouldn't have if you hadn't met Jesus in the first place. And so it's it's interesting because a lot of times Superman gets compared uh, to Jesus. And it was fun having that podcast because it was it was almost a uh, the gospel according to Superman episode was almost like, well, let me show you all these ways that Jesus is so different, you know, than than this hero. As good as Superman might be, Jesus is so much different and uh, so much even more countercultural. But I don't know if that answers it or not, but I I really do. Yeah, I think I'll always have a special place for Superman in my heart. All right, so talk about, let's see, uh, before I ask about Spider-Man, uh, you mentioned the current comics. Are you able to uh, be caught up with current comics? Or I mean, I know for my 
my own life, and I'm guessing it's similar for you. It's uh, life gets busy. It's kind of hard to keep up on everything, but you can still try to get things from the library sometimes or pick up a, a book from the store. So are you able to keep up on the current state of Superman or Spider-Man, or where are you at with that? Um, you know what? I am with Superman. I've had to kind of decide. Um, the Dan Slott years broke me with Spider-Man, and I stopped reading it. <laughs> I just didn't – I wasn't into it anymore, and I just kind of completely dropped it and decided – much as I love the character, I'm not loving how he's being written. So I haven't read Spider-Man in probably over a year. Um, although I've heard it's gotten a lot better. And so I'm going to actually try to find some issues maybe from the library or some cheap ones from the comic shop because I've heard that's getting better. Um, but I've I've tried to keep up with Superman and Batman at least. But you're right, it's so hard. And especially as a parent, um, mm. there's just not enough hours in the day. And then... Uh, right now, life has just been extremely hectic between podcasting and worship leading, and then this new album I'm working on has just been all-consuming. Um, the you know I've learned a whole lot about marketing over the years, and and uh, it's not my favorite thing, but <coughs> I just run out of time in the day. I can't do it all. Pardon me for coughing. Well, so with Spider-Man, you said you had been reading for a long time. Which which of the two heroes? Well, we talked about Super Friends already, but which of the two heroes? Do you feel like you actually were buying and reading first? Uh, I think I probably was like DC Comics, okay. uh, whether it was Superman or – I used to always like to try to find the ones that would have more than one hero. But it was always a bonus for me if Superman or Batman were in that issue. You know, When you're a little kid, you're especially being economical. So I'm sure I was buying um, like Superman comics back in the day uh, and – uh, actually, if you remember, I don't know if you remember the the Kenner action figure superpowers. Mm-hmm. Um, there were comic books of those uh, that I used to buy as a little kid, and Superman, oh. of course, was in them. And uh, but the earliest comic I remember having is uh, a DC Comics Presents that was Superman and Santa Claus, and I still have that comic. And so uh, it's it's probably you know what what better thing from childhood can you imagine than Superman and Santa Claus both together in the yeah. same story? So, <laughs> well, and listeners, as you're hearing this, if you want to hear Rick and myself talking about Spider-Man, I think we've done a couple different episodes. Uh, maybe uh, yeah, you think we've done one or two on uh, Spider-Man here? Hey, check the archives. There's <laughs> that's right. Where we're discussing our love of Spider-Man. So let's move away from superheroes and let's go to another pop culture character who. Recently has become uh, even more popular, but I think uh, you've had a long-standing love of Mr. Rogers. Oh yes, so yes, definitely. You started a Twitter uh, called Mr. Rogers Say, and so mm-hmm. at Mr. Rogers Say before uh, the documentary, before uh, he started getting back into the public light, right? Right. Yeah, so it was. It's kind of crazy. I mean, you. We're right ahead of this uh, wave of love and nostalgia. Nah, I don't know if it's nostalgia, but appreciation for what Fred Rogers gave to the world. Yeah. Well, it's been it's been very interesting because I started that uh, Twitter account just because I was finding um, I was very discouraged and and getting very angry um, as 2016 came to a close, and you know we had the election and. It just seemed like people's anger and hate and, I mean, it just, you know, the the environment was not good. I mean, it's still not good, but I think it's gotten a little bit better since then. Um, and I was just downhearted and discouraged, uh, to be perfectly honest with you. I just felt like, um, as a Christian, um, I saw so many Christians supporting things that Christians should not be supporting, uh, no matter what political party they were a part of. Um, and, and it wasn't just that they were supporting it. It was like vocally and loudly. And, um, I I was just really feeling discouraged at that time. I thought, what have we become, you know, in the church? Um, and I read a book somewhere before that, probably a year prior, uh, called the simple faith of Mr. Rogers. Mm -hmm. And that book, um, there's a few books that you've come, you come across in life that you feel like God really does something in your heart and and changes you and will always be grateful to find him. And that book for me was one of those times. Um, 
a lot of people may have found Fred Rogers to be boring or kind of milk toast or whatever you want to call him. Some people call him a sissy uh, just because of how gentle he was. But I had no idea until I read that book. Um, he was an incredibly disciplined person. And that personality that he cultivated was not by accident. Um, it was part of his discipleship. And that book started going in depth. Uh, again, it's The Simple Faith of Mr. Rogers by Amy Hollingsworth, if anybody wants to read it. Um, it just goes in depth about um, basically his spiritual life. It's kind of a spiritual biography of the man. And uh, went into his daily prayer rituals and different routines and um, the things that he would do on a regular basis and the prayers he would pray before going on the set and and he was very um, he was very disciplined about it and he was as as friends would say he he would be even more Mr. Rogers off the set than he was on the set <laughs> you know it was like uh, he was so intentional. Um, about seeking Christ in his life and there were times that even though on the show um, he wasn't you know on public television preaching or anything um, there were times that I think people were experiencing maybe we would even call them conversions at times um, by his presence in his life and um, and so anyway he just became very influential to me and uh, I started this Twitter account around the time of the elections of 2016 uh, feeling very low and downhearted um, and I just found that there are a, a, a huge number of quotes by the man uh, there's books that he's written there's YouTube video clips there's you know of course the show you can watch um, but it was just almost the exact opposite of what I was feeling in the environment culturally um, and I needed that type of encouragement and the more I would read these quotes, I thought, I, I am hearing the voice of Jesus through these quotes by Fred Rogers. And that's what I was feeling in my heart. It was almost as if the Holy Spirit was speaking new things of encouragement to my heart and, and new directions and new um, new disciplines. And um, so I just started sharing them on Twitter. And I just said, you know, I wanted to call it Mr. Rogers Says or Mr. Rogers Said or you know something like that, but you've run out of letters. You can't have a, a, a name that long, so it's just Mr. Rogers Say. And uh, at the time of recording this, which is December 30th, 2018, um, we have over 20,000 people following that uh, Twitter account. Yeah, and, and that's amazing. There are times like I don't know what happens in the culture, but there's times that we'll add like a hundred people a day or more. That yeah. and and I always get comments from people saying I just needed this so bad. Um, I'll get direct messages from people that'll tell me. Uh, I've had people tell me they were almost ready to end their life tonight, and they read this quote and they said something changed and it and it encouraged me and helped me and and helped me see that I was loved and I just needed it so desperately. So um, I, I've told people before, I feel like it's the best ministry I've ever done, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, in my life. And, and that's all I do. And it encourages me, too, to be able to just post those things every day that are have been really special, uh, encouraging things to me. Man, that is powerful. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 quite amazing, the effect. And then when that documentary came out, people really started following it, you know, on Twitter. And I've had people tell me that it just feels like um, the exact antidote uh, of what they needed, you know, um, for the current sort of um, rhetoric that's in the air, um, that they need it as a reprieve from all that. And many people have said it's become the, the one place of goodness on Twitter. <laughs> so I don't know if that's true, but uh, a lot of people come there hoping to find uh, something. Mm -hmm. And... And you know what? I, I'll I'll tell you something kind of cool. Um, there's a there's a Mr. Rogers connection to my new album. Okay. And, uh, do Do you want to talk about that now or wait? Well, yeah. Well, I was I, I was just about to kind of transition there. I was going to say you have this ministry uh, that you're doing through uh, Mr. Rogers. Say you also have the ministry of Voices in My Head. But uh, correct me if I'm wrong. But would you say that music is your true love when it comes to ministry? Uh, yeah, and it's it's primarily what I do. Um, it's you know the podcast is sort of an outlet, and and Twitter's fun, but yeah, music is 
sort of uh, my bread and butter, I guess. <laughs> so, so we have to talk uh, about Thunder, but before we do that, just, real quick, just for my own sake, uh, how old were you when you knew that you wanted to make a life and career out of uh, doing music for God? Oh, man. I For God or for me? That's a good yeah. question. Yeah. Because, uh, Where's because the I focus think... on Christ? Yeah, you know, I was in high school when I knew I really wanted to do music, and uh, I think it was probably closer to the time I was getting out of high school before I had um, a real change in my heart that I wanted to do it, not just for me, but it became clear that it was going to be probably what I did in ministry was with music. And in fact, there was a point I thought music was such an idol to me uh, I think I was a junior in high school, uh, and I just loved it so much. It just ate up all my time, you know. And um, I thought, as I was sensing the Lord calling me into ministry, I thought that meant I was going to have to give up music uh, because it, it felt like it was becoming such an idol to me. And I remember um, surrendering that to the Lord after many weeks of not wanting to do it. And I remember even kind of being at a, a service and praying praying through and just asking or telling God, say, you know, whatever you want, even if it's giving up music uh, for you, I'll do it. And it was almost like in that moment of surrendering it, I got it back. And it was like, I don't want you to give this up. I just, I want to be God, you know, (laughs) in your life. I've given it to you for a reason. So I'd say pretty, pretty much, you know, through high school, the end of my high school career was when I, I really felt like it was, um, not something just that I wanted to do, but I really felt like it was a calling that I had to do. And, and ministry was the calling, uh, but it seems like God has continually used music uh, uh, consistently um, throughout my ministry. So I'm, I'm very grateful to get to do that. All right, so flash forward. This is your, your third album coming out. Mm-hmm. It, where does this one rank? Uh, not in terms of uh, content, but in... Uh, how it came about, and uh, kind of the whole production process for Thunder. Well, and and it's actually not my third. I don't know. It might be my sixth or seventh. Oh, really? But it's it's, my, a... it's 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 my third since I've met you. Right, since you met me, and and it's probably the the third that I actually feel like is a good enough quality that it's okay. We can just say it's my third, you know, <laughs> type thing, because a lot of them were like home recordings and things like that beforehand. Um, but when I actually got to work with some professional people, um, it's, it, the, the progression of music for me has been a long thing. I first did an album when I was in college and, uh, my sister produced it for a senior project mm. and that was in the nineties and, uh, it was all way different than the music that I do now. And a lot of the songs I don't even necessarily I'm not sure I agree with all of them theologically at this point anymore that I wrote at that time. Um, But then, you know, I got out of college and I wasn't touring or doing music full time because I was working in churches. And so I I do like home recordings and things. But I really felt like a strong call to do more than what I was doing. And um, when I started doing the podcast, um, I, I just felt like it would be a necessary way and a helpful way for me to make some contacts in the music world and have conversations with people who uh, were were in the music business a little bit more than I was and were also doing ministry. So honestly, you know, as we talk about 300 episodes, like the podcast for me became a way for me to start, again, making connections and relationships with people and learning new things. Um, and through this podcast, I mean, that led to uh, my my uh, most recent album up to the one I'm about to release which was Hymns, Prayers, and Invitations and um, and that was my first album of songs that actually were published on a national and like international level with Lifeway Worship and uh, and that was my first time in like real recording studios with professional musicians who you know do this for everybody from uh, Chris Tomlin to Garth Brooks you know they're playing for everybody in the studio and now they were playing for me which was awesome you know to get to do an album like that and so I feel like the uh, uh, the quality of that album really went up and so for about three years now um, I've been touring on that album and sharing it in a lot of places and it's it's been wonderful because that whole album 
uh, is all uh, congregational worship music. And even just this morning, I did a concert, um, and all the songs I did were off of that album. And they just God's just been really good um, to to help me be able to write songs or rearrange old hymns. Uh, in ways that I think have become accessible in a lot of ways to to small and large congregations, and uh, and this year was kind of a highlight for me uh, because one of the songs off of that album, Advent Hymn, um, has been added to I think it's 627 radio outlets right now, um, which means that's like over 600 different places throughout the country and some in Canada and some in the UK that it, were playing that song on the radio uh, this year. And it became, according to Christian Radio Weekly, it was the number one most added song uh, on radio for any independent artist. And so... That's really um, amazing. Congratulations. Thank you. I appreciate that. And, I, and I'm just so... Uh, I feel so blessed uh, because it's been such a long journey. And, um, and I feel like I've you know, I still feel like I'm making it up as I go. I don't know what the next step is supposed to be. I, I was telling my wife yesterday, I said, I wish I wish it was like cutting the grass where you know where to start and you know where to finish and you know when it's done, <laughs> you know? Um, but with, like, music, for me, it's I just feel like I'm constantly um, cutting through the brush and the jungle trying to figure out where the path is, you know? <laughs> and so it's been difficult. Um, but... I forget what the original yes, question, the original was, question think... was. Uh how different has this process been uh for Thunder compared to yeah. uh the other ones you've worked on? Sorry, yeah, that's what it was. I sorry to get off track. Oh, it's good. Bit, uh, no, but... I like the history. That's good. Um but but it has been different and so the difference between these two albums, um, Hymns, Prayers and Invitations that I did with Lifeway uh, wonderful experience. Actually, both of these albums, wonderful experiences in different ways. Um, when you go in to cut a record with a company like Lifeway, who's big time, um, you go in the studio and you do a whole album in one day. Like They come in and the musicians, they hear the song one time, they go in with their charts, they play it, you maybe do two or three takes tops, and they get the song done and it's finished, you know? <laughs> and it's fast. And uh, then I spent a couple days recording vocals, and all all told, the process took about three days. But, of course, we were waiting on um, some permissions and, and things to come through. So it took almost a year before we were able to release the album. But really, in about three days' time, the project was done and uh, spread out. So it was amazing how fast that happened. Um, but with this one... Um, on Hymns, Prayers, and Invitations, I didn't do a lot of the, the instrumentation on that album. I, I played mostly just like electric guitar solos on a few different songs, and everything else was other instrumentalists, which was great. It was actually a fun way to work, and I got to just be the singer, and, and um, it was cool. But with Thunder, um, I, I made friends with uh, Brothers McClurg, uh, a really great band out of the Buffalo, New York area. And uh, they do a lot of traveling around, and they've been featured artists numerous times at the National Worship Leader Conferences, and that's where I met them for the first time. And, uh, and we just kind of hit it off, and Chris Hoisington, who um, is part of Brothers McClurg, um, he is a, a really good producer, and he and I started talking about maybe me coming up to New York and recording a couple songs there and seeing how it went, and if we liked how it went, maybe doing a whole album. And I had this opportunity come up uh, to record a song by Rich Mullins that had never been uh, published before, never been released. And um, and I and I felt like, well, maybe this would be a good chance. I'll go up in the studio and we'll get this song recorded and see how it works out. And we liked how it went. And the difference in the recording process is I set aside about a week, uh, a week's worth of time, and. Uh, and the, the huge difference was, it, because this is a completely independent album, all of the financing is on me. So, <laughs> you know, um, it's it's a huge endeavor to, you know, uh, start to finish. We're looking at, you know, at least $20,000 to make a project like this. Um, so it's a huge financial burden uh, to go into it. But you go in and, and you, uh, you record for about a week, and um, I got to... 
instead of you know doing it the Nashville way, which there's nothing wrong with. You go in and record, and you're done in a couple days. Um, you know, I got to play piano on the songs, and I got to play acoustic guitar and electric guitar and Mellotron and take time to, you know, do some background vocals myself. And so uh, this album is, um, it's so much more me, you know, uh, when you hear it, for better or worse, uh, like it or not, um, you know, it's, it's actually me doing the, uh, a lot of the lifting on this one. And so the songwriting, um, it runs on this one from uh, songs that are like the Rich Mullen song that I had mentioned that we get to be the first ones to ever release that, which is a really cool thing because I just so love Rich Mullen's music. Um, but then there's also hymns um, that have been special to me that I've done a couple on there with, with new arrangements and new music um, that had never been done. And then there's a lot of uh, just songs that I've written that are... A, sometimes from some very personal places and from some very deep wounds uh, but also some sort of modern hymns that I've written there's a song about the Trinity that I'm really excited about because I don't think we have very many worship songs that focus on the Trinity and um, so this has been a project where I got to do what I wanted um, it's been a very long journey and uh, I'm, I'm praying and hoping that it will all pay off <laughs> and, and I mean that literally because I you know it's just so far um, at this point that and so much trusting in God to provide financially um, but but it's been a good journey and I've just seen um, even though it's been a hard journey I've seen a lot of doors open up along the way and this time we're uh, we're pressing it to vinyl and on CD both and this is an album that you know I've always wanted to have one that I could hear on vinyl there's something about the sound of it and and the way that you can just hear like the the cleanness of it and uh, and a lot of this album has a real feel almost like a throwback album at different points it's kind of a mix between kind of modern pop and old school indie rock and and some of it's almost like country and soul type stuff so it's a very varied instrumental album and and we called it thunder and uh and that's what it's called mm -hmm. so i don't know what else to tell you about it but i'm really excited about it <laughs> so uh you know i have a, a copy of thunder already uh and i know it doesn't come out till february but am i allowed to talk about any of the tracks right now or do should we not talk about any of the track names Oh sure, no, that's okay. fine. Please, what please I want, do. What I wanted to mention is, uh, I was listening uh, to it in the car with my wife recently as uh, we were driving, and a um, uh, passage that's always been special to her is uh, Psalm seventy-three, where it says, "Whom have I in heaven but you?" And so, just wanted to tell you that was that was a favorite of hers. So, yeah, just thank oh, you very much. Yeah. Man, and you know what? That's kind of a special one too because I had that one on Basement Psalms live. Um, but it was just me and an acoustic guitar, and I've always wanted to do that with a full band. And so uh, I'm so glad to hear that yeah. um, because that's that's been a special psalm to me as well, and I'm so glad that that was speaking to her. So, like I said, it's coming out. Uh, the album's coming out, uh, released on uh, February 8th, 2019. What do the listeners have to know? I think I mean it's it's good to talk about because they've been along for this journey with you, hearing uh, about the process for a while now. So tell us what we need to know about it. Um, well, first off, uh, you can pre-order it right now and, and get a download of the whole album. If you just go to my website, rickleejames.com, all the information is on there. And uh, I think right now there's a special, like, you can get the vinyl and the CD plus that digital download for, like, $29, which is, I think, awesome because vinyls cost a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm working with a, a distributor on that this time, so, um... They're doing a great job getting it all ready, so whenever uh, the orders actually hit on February uh, 8th that you'll be able to get that in the mail. And uh, so pre-orders are happening right now, and I would just encourage people to pre-order that if they're going to do it because that really helps us to kind of know, um, you know, the, as I talked about before, it's a very costly endeavor, and it helps us to make some of the money back on this end. I, I say us. I mean, like, me and my wife. <laughs> um, it's it's not like we're a huge corporation or anything, and we've been doing a lot of this on faith. Um, but I think that's a great way for people to hear the album. Um, just I, I got a new turntable for Christmas, and I, I have uh, the test pressings of the album in my house right now. 
and uh, I was listening to it on the record through some really good speakers, and it's like you you lose so much when you're just listening on a phone or something like that. It's just so much you're not hearing that we put into the album. So that's the first thing I wanted to tell people about. Uh, you can go on and, and pre-order it um, and then download the whole album and hear it digitally right now. Uh, but the other thing is on January 9th, which is a Wednesday, uh, for some reason they say Wednesday afternoons at 3 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time is one of the best times to get people's attention. I don't know why, um, but people who know these things know this. And uh, so on Wednesday afternoon, January the 9th, just a, a few days from now, really, I think it's uh, maybe, was it 10 days from now or 9 days? Um, we're going to have the world premiere video on YouTube of the song Thunder, which is that Rich Mullins song um, that was never before published. And uh, I'm really excited about the music video and how it turned out. Uh, so you can tune in and it's going to be sort of an online watch party because you can go to like my YouTube page right now and click on the video is set a reminder so that it will send you an alert whenever it's time and saying, hey, the, the video premiere is happening. Um, so I just hope a lot of people will uh, be a part of that and, and will watch it. Uh, I, I just think that would be a fun time. Maybe if they're at work, they can just step away for a minute and <laughs> kind of, you know, grab their phone and look at it and watch the video. It, it turned out really, really beautifully. Um, but I'm excited. We've, we've got sheet music for every song ready to go on this album. So if congregations want to use it, they can. Um, and there's 13 tracks, uh, and some of them are readings. Um, some of them are... Um, I mean, the rest of them are songs, but some of them are readings that go along with it. But it has a really intentional feel to it throughout the album. It starts one way and it ends another. And uh, I'm just really excited about it. I don't know what else to tell people. Oh. Just go to Rick, rickleyjames.com. Yeah, everybody go check it out. Is it the, uh, let's see, is is there an official, uh, so just go to rickleyjames.com and that will bring them right to the place where they can go to pre-order? Yeah, they've got yeah right on that main page. You'll be able to find it. If if they want just a little bit more in depth, they can go to rickleyjames.com/thunder, and uh, it, that's like a dedicated page to the album. But pretty much anywhere on rickleyjames.com, what people can also do right on that main page um, is if they listen to Spotify, uh, they can you know I'd prefer they buy it, but uh, if you if they want to, you can go and pre-save it to Spotify, and there's a link on the website where you can just click on there to pre save it and you'll be able to uh you'll be notified i believe as soon as it releases on february 8th so and yeah i feel like another I've, way to do it i feel like i have a bunch of questions for you but i know we're, we're coming close to the end but do you mind if i ask you uh just briefly about the music video process i know this isn't your first sure. one but what's that like is it do you have a lot of say in what the final product looks like or uh, do they have somebody come in and, and kind of guide you through that process what's what's it like to make a music video no, I am completely independent, so everything kind of rises and falls with me. <laughs> so if it looks really great, um, I'm very grateful. If it looks terrible, I don't have anybody to blame but me, unfortunately. <laughs> um, I have been very fortunate. Um, one thing about the last album I did, I, I decided, you know what? People, I think, pay a lot more attention if there's a really good quality music video. And so... Uh, I, I just feel like God led me uh, to Jason Elam, who runs this company called Agape Media in Dayton, Ohio. And uh, Jason is a really great, I guess I'm going to call him a cinematographer, because he takes uh, great care in the things that he shoots. And um, he does a lot of uh, local advertising and things like that, but he really cares about music and is a, a really good musician himself. And we kind of hit it off, and um, and I talked to him about working with him way back whenever I was doing uh, the Advent Hymn video a couple years ago. And just got so many comments about the look of it. So what, what we do uh, is basically we find a location. A lot of times he scouts it out. This new one, I scouted it out. It's at a really beautiful church where we filmed this new one uh, called Covenant Presbyterian Church here in Springfield, Ohio. Um, it's so gorgeous. You can, I almost can't believe it's something that's in our city here uh, in Springfield. It's amazing. You go inside and it's just breathtaking. Uh, and it really fits well with the scenery. 
but we go in and uh, I kind of just you know lip sync to the song I play along to it and I sing and we do it again and again and again and again and you film it at, at different angles and uh, different locations and different walkthroughs and so he takes all the cuts that you have together and, and record the whole thing with a click track so he can match everything up on the video it's a really pretty involved process um, but so far every video I've done with Jason has just been I mean visually just something you want to see I feel like my eyes it's a treat for the eyes I guess I would say and I can't say that that is me it's just I work with good people you know mm -hmm. um, I, matter of fact I would say most of the time if you're looking at me it's not a treat for the eyes uh, but but the the video itself just the way it's filmed um, it, he just does such a great job so I, I want to brag on Agape Media and Jason Elam because it, it's it's fun shooting music videos and um, not quite as much pressure as being in the actual recording studio for me where um, every flaw is picked up you know you can kind of <laughs> you can kind of lip sync along with what you've already recorded when you're making a video um, but hopefully it doesn't look like I'm lip syncing um, because he does a really good job of matching it all up together yeah. but. no that's fun all right well let's bring it back around here we are episode 300 last question of the night uh, I, I a lot of great things have happened to you over the, the last few years as you've been doing this podcast are there things that you can say specifically doing this podcast brought this good thing and ultimately we know god's bringing you the good thing but god mm -hmm. used the podcast to uh to bring this into your life so yeah what are some things you can point to that say i've been blessed because of this process uh yeah, so many things. Like one day I was actually talking to my wife about this and I said, you know what, if it hadn't been for the podcast, I, you know, for one thing, I wouldn't have become friends with um, people like Andrew Peterson and people that um, have been like really amazing influences on my life creatively, you know, people who, who I've found to be such inspiration and then people that now I can go like, wow, I'm this person's friend or I have their cell phone number, you know, things like that, which is really cool um, to be able to make connections in that way. Um, but I would say probably, I, I don't think without the podcast, I would have probably, um, gotten published through Lifeway Worship because the connections that I made with Lifeway in many ways opened up doors there. Um, and that led to making that album, Hymns, Prayers, and Invitations. Um, I don't think I probably would have been invited to some of the really cool venues that I've been able to play at over the years. There have been times that um, a lot of church bookings have come because maybe pastors have listened to the podcast and they've, and they've thought, well, maybe I'll try to have him, you know, come in. So it's all it's all worked in so many ways uh, together. I think even publishing my book, Out of the Depths, was kind of a labor of love that came through the podcast and um, meeting Ben as a result of the podcast. And Ben ended up being uh, editor on that book, you know, when I was making it. That's um, right, Ben DeBono, editor of Out of the Depths. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's been great, and I've made a lot of really good uh, friends over the years. And again, people that I haven't always met face to face, but people who have, um, you know, become good friends online and um, will message each other and and talk about things. And for me, uh, the relationships are the most important part of this. And um, so yeah, I I would say a lot of things in my life. I've learned um, I've learned a lot about. Uh, being a creative person and I've learned a lot more about discipleship and I've learned a lot about um, just the creative process and I've learned a lot about podcasting itself and kind of what goes into it and uh, so I, I can attribute a lot to this podcast for sure. I'm very grateful that, that God in, inspired me to, to start this up and has been hopefully leading, um, hopefully I've allowed him to lead as much as, <laughs> as possible on the journey for sure. Man. I mean, so. Yeah, it's really awesome. It almost sounds like we're you know, the way we're talking about it, it's as if the podcast is ending, but that's not true. It's going on for many years to come. And do you want to give us some teases as what's coming up in the uh, early parts of 2019? Well, uh, yeah, I you know what? I hope it'll go on for years to come. I've been really making a point of trying to get a new one out every Wednesday, and that's been a tough thing. Um, do you do the Wednesday I, at 3 p.m. Eastern time? Uh, 
You know what? Usually I do it like at 5 a.m. just so it'll be there in the morning for people. I might start uh, a lot of people listen. I'm going to steal that. On their way. Yeah. People are going to see the Sci-Fi Christian at 3 p.m. on Wednesdays. So On Wednesday, 3 p.m. Eastern. That's right. <laughs> so it's it's not a bad idea, you know, try to set things up like that. I don't know why, but and maybe that's just for me where I am. It's It works out well. Um, but I do try to do it every Wednesday. I thought of maybe after we got to episode 300 of uh, taking a few weeks hiatus just because it's been a lot of pressure and a lot of things going on. But I don't think I'm going to because we've got Brian Zahn uh, coming back on the show again. Um, it looks like we're going to have Michael Card on again. Um, I just We're trying to work out some details. It's hard to get around everybody's schedule. Um, we've got Thomas J. Ord, I think, will be the following episode. Um, and I'm I'm always looking for new guests. I don't know from one time to another, but often I'm at a place where um, I've, I've been blessed to make some connections over the years. A lot of times when new artists uh, have albums come out, they want to come on the show and talk about it. Uh, so I, I never know uh, from week to week like who will be releasing. So just kind of be watching the show because... Um, a lot of times we'll have some really good uh, guest musicians and, and authors and, and different people who um, sometimes we've had filmmakers on here more recently, and that's been fun. So uh, I don't even know who to tell you is coming on down the road because sometimes they surprise me and will reach out and ask if they can come on. So And, and I'm always open to that for sure. Man, I'm just, I was just thinking I'm preparing to send you a book, uh, and uh, maybe I like this book. Maybe you could get the author. I, I won't uh... – I don't know if I should tease it too early ahead, but yeah, once you read it, uh, maybe you could uh, get the author on and talk through some things too. So uh, yeah, I mean, the possibilities are endless for 2019. As as long as they aren't dead, I will try to reach out to them. <laughs> and that is, <laughs> that's been my thing as of late. I've been reading a lot of dead authors and I think, man, I'd love to have these people on, but it's it's pretty much impossible now. So, uh, but yeah, I'd, I'd love to do that. That book you're going to send me, you told me about. Um, more to come guests because it sounds like a really great book and hopefully we can feature the author yeah. on the show but good yeah. well Rick thanks for letting me be on here and uh, do this interview to uh, really talk about you and the show and uh, I, I, I you know we've been friends for a while here and so I've been a long time listener so just as a thank you as a listener thank you for all the hard work you put into the show well, thank you, Matt, and it's been a real pleasure, and I want to thank everybody who has listened and, and has given me a reason to continue doing this for 300 episodes and beyond, and I hope we can keep doing it, and I'll keep doing it as long as people are listening, and, and maybe maybe even when people aren't. I don't know. It's a fun outlet <laughs> for me to be able to do this, um, but it seems like we're getting new listeners all the time. And um, and I just want to thank everybody and thank you, Matt, uh, for coming on the show numerous times and always being such an encouragement in all that you do. And uh, for everybody who has contributed over the years, whether it has been uh, guests who have come on the show or um, or listeners who have just been so faithful to be here and, and write letters and from time to time um, send financial help occasionally. Um, I'm just grateful to all of you, and I'm grateful to our God uh, who who gives me something inspiring to talk about, and uh, I'm I'm so grateful for it and the fellowship that we share. So, so Matt, thank you for I guess uh, hosting voices in my head this week. That's right. I I love being one of the voices in your head. Thank you for joining me here this week on Voices in My Head. I hope you'll visit me on my website at rickleejames.com, where you can find out more about me. Get my music on vinyl and CD, follow my blog, and even schedule me for a concert or a speaking engagement. Better yet, even a book signing in your neighborhood. You can find all that and more at rickleejames.com. Also, it would mean a great deal to me if you could write a review of this podcast on iTunes. The more positive reviews that we receive, the more visible this podcast will be online. And now, for the benediction. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. God bless you, and thank you for listening to Voices in My Head.